Thank you for joining us for Working Through the Word, a ministry of the Richmond Church of Christ. Let's join our pulpit minister, Mike Johnson, as he brings today's lesson. Good to have you with us this evening as we continue our thoughts today on discipleship. The study for today is Mission Possible. Tonight we consider if you are willing to accept it. I gave the illustration this morning of the program Mission Impossible where the head got his mission in a secret way where the tape said, Jim, this is your mission if you should choose to accept it. This morning we discovered that the mission is for a Christian where God has called us into being a disciple and into disciple making. Tonight we address the second part of that statement. If you should accept it, if you are willing to accept it, this is your mission. We're going to think for a few minutes about what it means to accept the mission that God has sent us on. Obviously, it means that we, we will ourselves be a disciple. And we will be in the disciple-making business. But what does it really entail? If I decide to do it, if I jump in and say, I'm in, count me in, then what does it mean? What does that entail? What is God expecting of me? Turn, if you will, to 2 Peter chapter 1. And a passage that we know quite well, we've studied it many times, you've come across it many times. But I want us tonight to notice what this passage says about accepting the mission God has given. Look at verse 10 beginning. Therefore, brethren, be even more diligent to make your call and election sure. For if you do these things, you will never stumble. For so an entrance will be supplied to you abundantly into the everlasting kingdom of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. I want you to think with me about being sent on a mission anywhere. When someone sends you on a mission and tells you that I need you to go and do this, there are certain things that they will tell you that they need you to do. They will tell you maybe where to go and certainly what to get or what to do. They might even tell you how long it should take. They'll tell you how they will pay for the expenses. But when you are sent on a mission... It is understood that you are doing that based on the one who is making the request or giving the command. And that's exactly how it is in the Christian life. God has sent us on a mission if we choose to accept it. If we decide, okay, I'm in. God has sent us on this mission. Now... It takes a lot more than simply the words that say, I'm in. That's not enough. 
In fact, if we were to take a poll right now to everyone online who is tuned in, others who will see it at another time, or if we did it in our Sunday morning time, I think we would get 100% agreement that I want to be a disciple of Jesus Christ. It is my belief that every one of you have already made that decision. You've made it because it's the only real decision to make. Not one of you is saying, no, I don't want to be a disciple of Jesus. I have no desire to go on a mission for Him. Leave me out. Because if that was your mentality, you would not be here. You would not be tuned in. You really wouldn't care. But I know that your presence in this discussion says that you intend to be a disciple. If you accept it, here is what Peter says. Number one, drive in the fast lane. Now, if you're like me, you like that idea. In fact, you're hoping that everybody would let you do that. Drive in the fast lane. Many times I've been through Nashville and you get those lanes, those HOV lanes, where you have to have more than one person in the car, and then you can take off. And it seems to me when I'm there and I'm by myself, those people are not driving the speed limit at all. Well, the rest of us might not be either, but they are really going on down the road. In St. Louis, it was a little bit different. In St. Louis, they had Massive interstate, you know it as, I think it's 64 is the one. We know it because it runs here. But in the morning, on, there's a lane between the other four lanes or five on each side. There's one in the middle. And in the morning, if you're coming into St. Louis from the western side, they open up that lane and you can get in that lane and be gone because there are no exits in that lane. It dumps out downtown St. Louis. So if all you're doing is coming into St. Louis, you get in that speed lane and you go. In the evening when workday ends, they open it the other way and you head out of town. Now I've enjoyed that lane, that's fun. One of the reasons it's fun, the police can't get to you even if you are speeding. Pretty interesting. Drive in the fast lane. Listen to what Peter said, verse 10. Be even more diligent. The word diligent is a word that means haste. Speed. Make haste. When Peter said to these Christians who were battling the persecution and the trouble of the day, and he wanted them to remain faithful disciples of Jesus Christ, the first thing he told them was, drive in the fast lane. Get busy. If indeed you want to be a disciple of Jesus Christ, don't say, I'll do it next year. Don't say, I'll do it tomorrow. Just say, I'll do it right now. That's what Peter says. Jump in the fast lane and go. 
What does the Bible say about the fast lane? What does the Bible say about speed? How are you going to judge the fast lane of discipleship? Paul said of himself in Galatians 2 and in verse 10 when he was sent on a missionary journey, the church that sent him said, Be diligent, make all speed to remember the poor. And he said, I certainly was willing to do that. In Ephesians 4 and in verse 3, it is said to be diligent to preserve the unity of the Spirit in the bond of peace. With all speed and haste, work on unity. It is said in 2 Timothy chapter 2 and in verse 14, Be diligent to make yourself approved before God. It is with haste in the road of discipleship, driving in the fast lane to be approved before God. You make yourself approved to God. Make yourself such that God said, he or she, one of mine, and I approve of them. In 2 Peter 3 and in verse 18, or 14, Peter said that we should with all diligence and all haste and speed, present yourself in peace at the coming of Jesus. Think about this. If you are a disciple of Jesus Christ and you think about the Lord returning, does it give you peace or does it give you concern? A disciple of Jesus Christ should be at peace because we are not living in condemnation, Romans 8 and verse 1. And if you live day to day in a condemned state in your mind, it is time with all haste for you to start your journey of discipleship by driving in the fast lane. Number two, Peter said to make your calling and election sure. Peter says, drive on the solid road. This word sure is the word confidence. It is a word confidence that means now I know. Yes, I am happy. I am solid. I know where I am and I am therefore at peace. Peter said, if you want to be a disciple... And if you accept the mission of discipleship, then be confident and be sure. Know what you think, why you think, and do it. Listen to the words of Peter, or of John, that is. And he says a number of things about the concept of confidence. For instance, chapter 2 and verse 28. Of 1 John. Now, little children, abide in him that when he appears, we may have confidence and not be ashamed before him at his coming. Again, if it doesn't give you peace, if you need confidence in your journey of discipleship, knowing that Jesus is coming again, be confident about it. 
It is time in discipleship for the children of God, the disciples of Jesus Christ, to be confident and to stand up, to know for sure, and to stand in that which makes them confident. We have to be people who are willing to be sure. These Christians, every day, were facing all kinds of difficulties. They were facing all kinds of problems. And he wanted them to be confident. John again says in 1 John chapter 3, verse 21, If our heart does not condemn us, we have confidence toward God. The solid road of discipleship includes a good heart. A heart that is right with God. Yes, we can have problems on the outside, but we better not let it damage our hearts. Even during the time of the pandemic, there are people who are caught in it. They catch the virus. But if we can keep it from damaging the lungs and the heart, they are able to survive. And that's what John is telling his, writer, his readers. You need to make sure that your heart is right before God. And if you're going to have the discipleship life that you say you want, stand on the solid road, drive the solid road of a good heart. Number three, chapter four, verse 17. Love has been perfected among us in this, that we may have boldness in the day of judgment. Perfect love, he would say, next casts out fear. The solid road is the road where you're not always afraid, but rather because of perfect love, you don't think about being lost. You only think about being saved. I went to see Miss Nettie the other day. And she had inspiring words for me. She said, I'm tired. I've had enough. I want to go see Jim. Jim is her husband who died many years ago. Good man. I said, well, Nettie, will you tell him hello for us when you see him? She said, I will after I hug on him for a while. Miss Nettie's not thinking about being lost. And people in her condition, they don't even have a thought about that. All they're thinking about is the beauty and the wonder of heaven. Because that's where they want to be. And she is on the solid road. Finally, chapter 5 and verse 14 this is the confidence that we have in him if we ask anything according to his will. He hears us. The solid road of discipleship drives along the will of God. If I can know for me that I am within the will of God, that's a solid place to be. Now, the solid place to be in the will of God may look a little different for you than for me, 
Maybe there are things that you are more solid about than I, but there are a lot of things that are absolutely the will of God that we can all agree on. And in that way, we find a way to be confident and drive on the solid road. If, as you say, you want to be a disciple of Jesus Christ, then drive on the solid road. Number three, Peter said in verse 10, if you do these things, you will never stumble. Discipleship requires that you watch out for the speed bumps. Watch out. They are there. Does it bother you to have to go across speed bumps from time to time? They just get in the way. There's a place over behind Daniel Boone School where people cut through in that parking lot and there are a couple of speed bumps there. Here's the problem. The speed bump is here and the rest of the parking lot is all around here. You don't have to go over that speed bump. Just drive around it. No problem. Now, if there are a lot of cars there, that's a difference. But you know, Peter is acknowledging in this statement that the speed bumps exist. And you don't want to bottom out. How many times have you noticed those speed bumps in certain places? And you can tell by the scarring on the road, somebody hit that speed bump going way too fast, and they bottomed out and scraped it with their car. Peter says, be careful. Be careful not to bottom out on the speed bump. The speed bumps in the road to discipleship are at least two, as I understand it. There are two for us to consider. And James speaks about both of them. The first one is to understand that if anyone stumbles even in one point, he is guilty of the whole law. Yes? If you stumble even one time, you're guilty of the whole thing. And then he comes along in chapter 3 and he says, And in many things we all stumble. See, the speed bumps in the road of discipleship are those times that we fail. We fail. We mess up. We sin. We fail ourselves. We fail our family and friends. We fail God. But those bumps don't have to cause us to bottom out. They don't have to cause us to, to wreck the transmission of our vehicle. We know we're going to face them. We know they're coming and we're going to fall sometimes. But we will get over them. Because Peter said, if you do these things, you will never stumble. And he's not talking about never cross over a problem or a speed bump. He is saying you will never fall apart and miss the place you are headed to. If you say you want to be a disciple of Jesus Christ, then you are saying that I'm going to watch out for the speed bumps. 
so that I don't stumble and lose my way. Finally, number four. Peter says in verse 11, For so an entrance will be supplied to you abundantly into the kingdom of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Peter says, keep driving. Just keep driving. You don't quit when you hit that first speed bump. You don't quit driving when you have a flat tire and you just throw your keys away and say, I'm never going to drive again. You don't even quit when you have an accident and say, I'll never drive again. You get up and you get back in there and you just keep driving. I'm not sure if I remember if it was Drew or John Mathis telling me this, but Laney got a horse. I went out and rode it recently. And I heard the story about her falling off. No, 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 I got it all wrong. I've combined two stories. Yes, I did ride that horse. But I think it was Danny Hunt telling me about his kids. When they fall off the horse, Haley particularly, he said, get up off the ground, get back on the horse. You don't just quit. You don't just stop. Life is not over. Keep driving. Remember this. Discipleship is a process, not a project. A project says, I have this and this and this finished. A process says, I'm going to just keep doing this. I think what's interesting here in this verse, verse 11, for an entrance will be supplied to you. That same word, supplied, Peter uses back up earlier in the chapter, starting in verse number five. But also for this very reason, give all diligence, there's that word speed again. Add to your faith virtue. That word add to is supply. The process of discipleship is me from God and through God supplying my discipleship life with the things that God has given. And when I take from those and supply my life, God will turn around and supply me an entrance into heaven. It's a process, not a project. Finally, discipleship is a journey, not a job. I use those words because some people make a grind out of Christianity. I got to do it. I don't really want to. But if I don't, I'm going to go to hell, and I don't think I want to do that. So I'm going to live a Christian life. I don't want to go to work. Wish I didn't have to work. Doesn't that all sound the same? That's a job. When Christianity becomes a job, it weighs on you. 
What about if it's a journey? And you get to look around and see all the good things that are happening. And there's something new every day. And as you journey down the road, you see something new. And you go to a different place and a new place. And you learn new things. That's the journey. It's not the job. The first Christians understood the journey. Acts 2 and verse 42. And they continued steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine and fellowship and breaking of bread and prayers. They continued steadfastly. They started a journey there in Acts 2, and it continued. Those first Christians... When they obeyed the gospel, it wasn't a job to them. It wasn't a burden. It wasn't a have to. Their shoulders didn't drop and they didn't mope around. Oh, they were excited for the journey. And they had others with them. And they were praising God and learning and growing. And that's what discipleship is about. Your mission Christian, should you choose to accept it, is to be a disciple and to be in disciple making. And if you choose to be this disciple, then you are going to be one who will do what it means to accept the mission challenge that's been given. And Peter says, it's real simple. You drive in the fast lane on the solid road, watching out for the speed bumps. But when they come, you just keep driving. When your discipleship is challenged, you challenge back. Let us decide together as people of God. Let us decide, those of us who are members of the Richmond Church of Christ, that we're going to renew our journey of discipleship. To be before God what God wants us to be. Thank you for joining us tonight. I hope it has been beneficial and helpful in your life as we have studied today the theme of discipleship. May God bless our country. May God bless our church. May God bless each and every disciple of His. We hope you enjoyed today's broadcast brought to you by the Richmond Church of Christ. We are located at 1500 Lancaster Road in Richmond, Kentucky. We meet on Sunday mornings for Bible class at 9 a.m., followed by our morning worship service held at 10 a.m. Our Sunday evening service is held at 6 p.m., and our midweek Bible study is held on Wednesday at 7 p.m. If you are in the area, we would love to have you as our honored guest. Thanks for listening.